Welcome back to another episode of the Mouth of the South podcast. I am your host, Darian Gray, and as the title may suggest, I am the Mouth of the South. Thank you guys for going on this journey with me once again, and we're back from a bye week. And it feels good. It feels good. Yeah. Like, I missed football, for real, because it just almost felt like like I was empty on a Sunday yes I had other games to watch but I didn't have some personal stake in these other games and I don't know I don't know man it's just different and if y'all listen to this podcast right now I think you understand it's different it was less stressful my weekend was really was much less stressful I was able to watch uh Chargers Ravens got into a blowout I was able to check out games that I just wanted to look at and I'll be able to do the same thing this Sunday because the Saints play the Seahawks on Monday night. It's more stress, though, because I got to sit there and I got to wait and I got to wait and I got to wait to the very last game of all. So I get to watch my team. I don't know about y'all, but that, that kind of gets to me. It's like, come on, man, let's get this game over so I can enjoy everything else. Win or lose, I want to enjoy everything else. But now I'm sitting there stressed out. I'm sitting there thinking, man, the Saints better torch that defense. The Saints, the Saints better get Alvin Kamara involved. I wonder what Jameis Winston going to do. Damn, Michael Thomas really not coming back. Traquan Smith, what are he going to have in the tank? Is he going to be better than last time I seen him? All these thoughts going through my head for an extra 32 hours, like 30-some-odd hours. Instead of on 12 o'clock on a Sunday, I got to wait till 7 o'clock on a Monday. But okay, my first world problems, right? Let's get those out of the way. Now let's get into the rest of everything. and. Usually, usually I start off with, this is what I would like to see. Not going to do that this time because what I would like to see is actually going to be involved in my storylines. So instead of just repeating everything and just saying it a second time, I said, you know what? Let's just dead that. We're just going to emphasize it later on in the show. So, um... Let's get into, before I get into my matchups, actually, I want to talk about Marlon Mack. I didn't plan on doing this, but I want to talk about Marlon Mack just so I can have a little bit of a lead up. I like the 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 uh, the idea of trading for Marlon Mack. Um, do I like the one trade we we make at the free agent, I mean, at the trade deadline to be a running back? No, not at all. But when they were on Monday night and I seen Marlon Mack run, I said, oh, dang, he's still playing. Okay. I want him. I, I don't know why I thought he was he was uh, either traded or injured. Well, I knew he wasn't traded, but I thought he was injured. I was like, man, I want that guy. They're still trying to trade him. I thought maybe they were going to sit him out and, and try to keep his, his trade value high. Either that or injured, because I really did not remember hearing anything about him this, this year. I told my, my pops, I said, look, if we can get Marlon Mack, I like Tony Jones Jr. I liked him last year against Carolina. But he just, he got hurt in that game. And now he got hurt again. And it's only probably, what, four or five games into his career? And he already kind of, to me, at least, has that injury-prone type of stigma on him. He got that injury-prone stigma that he might just be a guy who gets hurt. And I understand that Marlon Mack had a big-time injury last year. But other than that, he's been relatively healthy. And before that, he was a 900-yard runner and a 1,000-yard rusher. So... When I look at it, I can get Alvin Kamara and Marlon Mack. Give me that tandem. The Saints have had really good luck. You went from having Ingram 
with with Kamara. I'm just gonna say since 2017. So yeah, Ingram with Kamara, and then it became Kamara, and he was paired with Murray because they started off as AK was well, not even if you really want to get into it. If you really want to get into it, it was kind of like okay, we're gonna pair Ingram with Adrian Peterson. I don't know if you guys remember that, but he was only here for like four games. You know, it's easy to blink your eye and, and forget about it, but I'm sure everybody remembers it in the day and age of social media where you got the the gif of him staring down Sean Payton and just talking every every curse word in the book, probably just yelling at his name, calling Payton all, all out of his name. Ain't no Sean, ain't no Payton being said. You bleep, 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 bleep. Anyway, as you guys can tell, I'm in a really good mood today. I'm just chilling. I'm vibing. I'm, I'm really enjoying just being here. So let's have some fun, yeah? So if y'all remember, it was it was supposed to be Ingram with Peterson, and then yeah, we'll we'll take this little third round kid with the baby locks out of Tennessee, you know that unique guy, and then he realized that unique guy is a unique guy, and now okay, we got to put them together. So now it became Ingram with Kamara. Then they kind of became equals, and it was like no more sidekick. It was these two are these two are those guys, best running back tandem in the league. Then you you let go of Ingram, which I still don't like. I wanted to keep Ingram. But you let go of Ingram, and now you pair Kamara with Murray. That worked out for two years. But now you're looking at Kamara not really having a side guy because Tony Jones Jr. isn't healthy. I like the idea of Marlon Mack. I think that you have two more than capable runners, and I, I think that, that that will work out really well. Obviously, if it comes down to the trade deadline and you got to trade for somebody, I'm hoping it's a receiver. Because I really think, this is my personal belief, that if you add a receiver, a real number two receiver on this team, this this team can contend for a Super Bowl. I genuinely feel that way. And, and, it's, and it's crazy to say that because without that, I feel like this team is so far from a Super Bowl. Like it just, it just does not feel possible. Of course, this is assuming that Michael Thomas comes back and is healthy and looks good. And he doesn't have to be 2019 because... Come on, that's not realistic to ask for. But if he can be 2017, 26, like Michael Thomas has been really good since he's came in the league. If he can be any of those points before 2019 and just ease his way into being a top flight receiver again, then yeah, I'm 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 more than happy and more than believing that this can be a Super Bowl contending team. I think the defense is there for it. Of course, if you bring in full health, you got McCoy, you got Armstead coming back, that offensive line will be able to contend for it. You have Alvin Kamara, he can contend for it. It'll be all on Jameis. And call me a believer, because I think that Jameis can lead you to a Super Bowl if, if everything around him is, is right. I really do. I really do. I think his mindset is not there to continue to take all these shots. I just don't think his mind is there. I think you'll, you'll see him lose you less games, make more crucial errors. I mean, less crucial errors. I really do think that Jameis Winston can be a Super Bowl uh, winning quarterback. We all know he has the talent to do it. It's just about the mindset. That's all it's ever been about. So, no, I like to see it, but Marlon Mack. I guess it is. There you go. I would like to see it. I would like to see Marlon Mack traded to the Saints, but I would also like to see another receiver, whoever that may be. Now, let's get into our three matchups. First off, Marshawn Lattimore versus DK Metcalf. You could probably see this matchup Every week, not not Marshawn versus DK, but just Marshawn versus like I could almost pencil this in for every game the Saints have to play for the rest of the year, rest of the year. 
when you look at it, you have the Seahawks this week. You still have five games in the division, so that means you're going to have to see Calvin Ridley twice, Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin twice, and you're still going to see DJ Moore. I still think that's a, that's a, that's a good matchup. DJ Moore is a, is a really good receiver in the league, so at least one, you got to see him once. That's five games in the division, plus this game right here in the Seahawks. Then you got the Titans with the two-headed monster and Julio and A.J. Brown. Then you got the, the, the uh, Buffalo Bills with Stephon Diggs. Marshawn is about to go through a gauntlet. And with word to my boy Mike, who's been who's been clamoring and, 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 and hitting my line all the time about this. But if, if Marshawn stays steady through these one, six, seven, eight games that you have left, you would have gone against Terry McLaurin, Devontae Adams, DK Metcalf, AJ Brown slash Julio, Stefan Diggs, and possibly Mike Evans and Antonio Brown. That's a lot of top 10 flight receivers. It's a lot of them. That's a gauntlet, and, and I say word to him because he stays strong through that. You might get that all pro that you've been looking for, Mike. But let's focus on this game right here. Because those superstar matchups aside, like seven of them, aside from that, DK himself is one of those superstar matchups. And DK is an athletic specimen. Like, it's, it's ridiculous how this guy is built, you know? And I think he'll have a, a huge chip on his shoulder after what happened with, with, with Shannon Sharp. I won't say Sterling. But what happened with Shannon Sharp? If you don't know, basically, he, he called out Shannon Sharp. Well, Shannon Sharp said something about him. He didn't like it. And he just start, got to talking crazy, like mad crazy about him. I, I don't know, man. Dude had to be drunk because he was just saying crazy stuff. Like he could, he could wipe his doodle with, 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 with Shannon Sharp's resume. And he called Shannon Sharp a wannabe. How the hell are you in the, how the, hell are you in the Hall of Fame? You, are, you a wannabe. Uh, I can't wrap my head around that. But that's what he said. So let's focus on him. I think he'll have a chip on the shoulder after that because everybody is talking about him because it was one of those things where everybody clearly saw the play that happened. We knew Shannon was right. And then in, in addition to that, then you said all of these things about Shannon that were so out of left field. And it's like, hey, man, do you know who that is? Everybody was against him. I think that he'll come in with a chip on his shoulder like, motivated especially after that last play not just what was said on twitter but the last play itself against uh pittsburgh i think he will be motivated for that so you're gonna have a motivated dk metcalf and yes marshawn just had a great game last time two weeks ago against terry mclaurin a phenomenal game six pass deflections a near interception a phenomenal performance i understand that however this is a completely different challenge and that's all because of the, the, the body type he has, the skill set he has. McLaurin's a route-running aficionado. I, I love Terry McLaurin, one of my favorite receivers in the league, honestly. I love that guy. But the stylistic differences between him and DK, I'm not saying it makes this a harder matchup or an easier matchup. It just makes it so different. So can he continue that momentum? I think Marshawn can. But DK has the speed to beat you deep in a straight line. He has the size to box you out. And if you want to run a slant, he's, ask Jalen Ramsey. You want to run a slant with him in the end zone? Contested catches. You got uh, end zone, red zone targets. He has all of these different ways he can win just by using his size. And I'm not saying that's all he is, but you have him. Top 10 caliber receiver. Another one of them. I'm, I don't know if I have him on top 10. I'd have to list him out. But he's in that, he's in that club. He's up there for sure. So... 
I think that Marshawn is on a tear. He's he's knocked off Devontae Adams. He's knocked off Terry McLaurin. But DK Metcalf is like no other receiver in the league. He's just different. He just is. Big, fast. He can move for real. So we'll see. It'll be a different type of game, and we'll see if uh Sean can take him to the marsh, yeah? He's been up for it all year, so we'll see if this is another matchup where he is once again. Second matchup that I have is Jamal Adams versus the New Orleans Saints. I couldn't figure out who I wanted to put Adams against, so I just put him against the team, or more so the offense, you know? Jamal Adams versus the Saints offense because he's a legit chess piece, and, and, and a lot of people have a lot of things to say about him, but I don't think there's many chess pieces in the league that the Saints have played this year. You know, you have guys where you can move them all around. He has his his, his ups and downs, his his good and his bad. He has his, his pros and cons, just like every other team. His strength, I mean, every other player, strengths and weaknesses. He has those. And it's about when he's in his weak spots, exploiting him. And I will not knock that coverage is not his strong suit, you know. But he's kind of like Michael Thomas in a way for me where people have attached this nickname to him. They called him Blitzboy, and he just stuck with it. No matter what. And I'm not saying that Michael Thomas isn't a great receiver. I'm not saying that Jamal Adams isn't a great safety. But, they're, they're, you know, Jamal Adams more so than Michael Thomas. I think Michael Thomas's nickname is way, way, way less earned, I would say. Less earned than, than, than Jamal Adams's is. But neither here nor there. But it's a reason I have Jamal Adams versus everybody because you don't exactly know where he'll be. They had lined him up as safety a lot through the beginning of the season, but in this last game against Pittsburgh, he lined up more on the edge. He had more box uh, snaps. You know, he's a box safety, right, guys? So <laughs> that's what y'all say. Um, and Jamal Adams... You gotta you gotta account for him. You have to look. Where is he going to be on every snap? Is he down here on the line? Is he back? Is he is he kind of in the box? Is he playing like a linebacker? Is he playing like an in or is he playing like this the position that he actually is, and that's a safety? That's just another mental side of the game. This isn't just, oh, okay, well, let's see who can run routes on him. Let's just see who can go block him. No, you have to actually as Jameis Winston and probably Eric McCoy praying that he returns. You have to say, oh. That guy is there. This means this. You have to look for him. You have to. Um, when he's in coverage, try to take advantage of him. Try to take advantage of him. That is 100% his weak spot. And when I look at the Saints game, though, when I look at the Saints game, how they like to play, mm, they like to run it. So as much as Adams is flawed in the coverage game the saints want to run it down your throat i said that's their identity or has been their identity it might change when you start getting weapons but michael thomas was the main weapon i was looking for they like to run hopefully sean decides hey we got a bad passing defense in front of us we'll get into that later but hopefully that's something he, he thinks about but they like to run and if they continue to run even though last game they passed more some could say that was because of the five-man lines that Washington was deploying and some could say that was a foreshadowing of how the offense will be going forward if it's not a foreshadowing and you're running the ball Jamal Adams that's right in his wheelhouse Jamal Adams is a guy who wants you to run because that's where he is strongest at 
So I don't care about the blitz boy, the box safety, all that other crap that you guys like to say. Because if you're running it into the box, you're right there to uh you're right there where he wants you to be at. And then another thing is when he's on the edge, he's gonna affect both the passing game and the running game. Because in the running game, he can be backside. You're gonna have to always understand that he's faster than your average in. So if you're running a stretch play to the left and he's lined up on your right, yeah, he'll come upfield, but he can easily run run the line and get at your uh your running back's ankles. So there's things you have to look at. You have to be more aware of him than maybe other backside defenders. In the passing game, he's going to try to rush you. He doesn't have any sacks this year, but last year at nine and a half. He is a skilled blitzer. So I, like I said, his blitz boy box safety things are slightly earned. But at the same time, you have to understand, if you're going to say these blitz, these blitz safety, or excuse me, blitz boy box safety things as a fan, understand that we're going that we possibly might be going right at him. So just be aware of that. That's all I'm saying. He's going to be very important. And now for my last one, it's Alvin Kamara versus Bobby Wagner. And until further notice, the offense runs through Alvin Kamara. And that goes for even when Michael Thomas returns. That's not the notice. It's not. Until further notice, Alvin Kamara is the heartbeat of the offense. Michael Thomas returned. Here's your notice. No, even when, when MT returns, AK will still be that guy. You know, he, he has been and will continue to be that guy. And maybe when Michael Thomas is back up to full strength and we try to pass more, then maybe the, the, the offense runs through then through MT. I think it'll be both guys. I think you'll just see a balance of where both guys really help each other. But we'll see. That's the further notice. And Alvin Kamara is the best rusher and receiver on the team. That part changes when Michael Thomas comes back. But today it's true he's the best rusher and receiver on the team. And... You'll obviously see him running and catching, and that's where Bobby Wagner will be, right in his hip pocket if he has it his way. Sideline to sideline, guy. All pro six out of seven years. First ballot Hall of Famer. And honestly, over all of these things, this might be the most important matchup because if Kamara is held back or if he is neutralized in both facets of the game, the offense is going to struggle. But on the other hand, it's a tall task to neutralize Alvin Kamara. And either of those, running and catching. And I don't think he'll do both. So all Kamara has to do is succeed in one. Preferably the run, honestly. But just one. And I think the Saints win this matchup. Because that's going to keep your offense chugging. The offense is going to struggle if, if, if AK can't run a catch well. And, you know, I, I don't see him 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 getting neutralized in both. So that's that might be my most important matchup of all because it really might determine the direction that the offense heads. Had the one offensive uh, matchup in there. And I apologize if, if these matchups are kind of flipped next week because they play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And you're going to you're going to hear some of the same the same thought processes with different history behind it because AK versus Devin White and, and Levante David has not been good since Devin White's joined the league and obviously Marshawn versus Mike Evans is one of those things you're going to talk about every single time that it happens I might I may or may not I don't know it depends on how I'm feeling but let's get into these two storylines and then we can get up out of here the first storyline is very simple can the Seahawks stick around again I don't want them to I don't I don't like that you're pest you know, it's like the, the Seahawks these last couple weeks are like you have a bug in the car. And 
He lets your windows down. You try to get the bug out. You think you're good. You swear you see it leave the car. Then you roll your windows back up. Just to see that same stinking bug fly across your face again. Like how many times do I have to try to get rid of this bug? You know, right now the Seahawks are, let, let's keep it in the October move. They're like, they're like Michael Myers, but not the killers. You know what I'm saying? They don't, they don't, they don't kill, but they're like Michael Myers where you think you got rid of him, but he just keep coming back. How many Halloween movies are we going to get? How many? I'm still going to go watch the one that's about to come out if it, or it has already came out. But how many? This man don't die. You got to bury that man in cement. But that is the Seattle Seahawks right now because no matter what happens, they stick around. I feel like they should have got blown out versus the Rams when, 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 when Russell Wilson got injured. But instead, Geno Smith comes out here willing and dealing. And it took, it took Tyler Lockett tripping for them to have an interception that, cl that uh, clinched it for the Rams. I thought they were all done in the first half against the, the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. They come back, make it a hell of a game. They don't go away. This week, they will go away. You have to. You have to get up on them. You got to put your foot on your neck. Dang it! I tried it. I, I was in my head. If y'all remember last week, I tried to get the same line off, but I couldn't get it off. Anyway, I, think, I don't think I'm going to try to get it off next week. I'm going to wait at least two weeks to try to get the line off. And I knew I was going to screw it up because I was so in my head like, all right, Darren, you got to make sure you get it this time. It's all good. It's all good. Um, and when I get it right, don't don't tell me finally either. Don't, don't tell me I finally got it right. I know I finally got it right. And it's bad. I say this all the time. Never never stumble over it. But this time, I stumble. Anyway, you got to make sure that you that you finish them off when, when you have them down. And hopefully you can get them down. Because they've shown themselves to not go away. And that's a, I mean, it's a great mark for the team. Like you, 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 you love it if you're a Seahawks fan. But I'm a Saints fan, so I hate it. And I want them to go away. But they're not going to go away. You have to put them away. And it's that simple. So when you have them down, don't let your foot off the gas. Don't think that it's over. Don't try to ease up. Do exactly what you did in order to have them down to continue to stretch the deficit for them. Stretch your lead out, man. Now, the other storyline to, to watch out for is the return of injured players. And I want to give a blanket statement. This applies to all the players I'm about to list. I want to see which guys return. I'm not saying all these guys are returning. Some of them might, all of them might, I don't know. These guys were on IR. Who knows how many practices they need. Some of these guys are just injured. Who knows how many practices that they need. I want to be very clear. Because I don't want to make it seem like, oh, uh, all these players are coming back when they might need time to ramp up. So let's get into it. Ken Crowley, Chase Hansen. Hopefully neither one of these guys make a difference. Honestly, you got cornerback four, and Chase Hansen should be lost in the shuffle as well. Probably linebacker, depending on if he's a strong or a weak. If he's, if he's going weak, he's going to be behind Quan, Bond, Werner. If he's strong, he might be second behind Caden Ellis. But that position don't even get much run, so... Whatever. But I don't want to see these guys make much of an impact. I don't want to see them on the field. They shouldn't be on the field. Nick Vanette. I don't know what his role is. He ain't, we ain't seen him here. I know he'll be a blocker. A lot of people want to see him as a blocker to free up Troutman. Yeah, that's what I think most fans are looking for. Let's hope that his return allows another player to be what we thought he was going to be coming into the season. So we'll see. 
we'll see. It's like an assist. He's not really scoring, but he's assisting to Troutman in order to score, in order to get more yards. Because right now he's, he's got like six catches for 60-something yards. I think like 64, close to it. Now I want to break these guys up into certain categories. The first one is, oh, I can't wait to see him on the field. Second one is, we'll see what happens with him. And third one is, these two guys, is there's a lot of pressure on them. So first off, Will Lutz. The Saints have not made a field goal since week one. Rosas missed three field goals after that because he made the first one. He missed the next three. He made all of his extra points. Same can be said about Cody Parkey. Cody Parkey missed two extra points in his first game and his only game as a Saint. But he didn't uh, attempt any field goals, so he didn't mess up. <laughs> Will Lutz, yes, will be gladly welcomed back. Because look at the kicking woes that I've just explained to you. Missed field goal, missed field goal, missed field goal, missed extra point, missed extra point. You bring in another kicker, and he misses his extra points. So we will see when Will Lutz is, is, is ready. He's been designated to return. He has 21 days to return, or he's out for the season. I'm excited. That's the guy I'm most excited for. When, we, when I did my list last week with Chris, was it last week? Yeah, it was last week with Chris. Um, we, we had, I think we both had Lutz at number two on the guys, the most important to return. And now for the guy who, I don't know, Quan Alexander, Pete Werner has been so good that I'm interested to see what does Quan's playtime look like? I'm sure that he'll play, but what does it exactly look like? How much is he on the field? Does he come back in and become the main linebacker? Because Pete's played so good. Pete Warren has played so good that it's almost to the point where it's like, I don't want to sit him down. I can't sit him down. He's, he's looked too good and he's a rookie. Maybe he's a veteran who I just knew wasn't better than Quan or wasn't going to be better than Quan, I should say. Maybe I would feel different, but Werner has been good. It's the same reason I didn't want to uh, sit down Adebo for Roby after week one. I said, man, this guy looks so good and he's a rookie. You want him to be good. This might be your guy for the future. He's looked so good that I don't care that we just traded for Roby. Adebo has to play. That, that, that's why I'm like, uh, I would love to see what happens with Quan. And now these next two guys, Traquan Smith and Mark, Marcus Davenport, I feel like there's an elevated sense of importance on them because of how the people around them have played. Michael Thomas isn't returned, so that's more so Traquan's why he got to be the number one receiver now. I thought it was going to be Callaway. Callaway showed me that he ain't got it. He's getting better. I think he'd be a really good number three, and maybe even develop into a number two. But right now, I don't even think he's a number. I don't think he's a number two. Traquan has now has the opportunity to show me that he is a number two, which I also did not think, or do, do not think, I should say, because I don't want to say say did not as if it's changed. I do not think he's a number two. So he has the chance to prove me wrong. Maybe his chemistry with Jameis will help. And then Marcus Davenport, we all felt like he was putting it together. However, I have yet to see him put it together for a full year. So that means both being healthy and having it all together. And it sucks because now I have to see him have it all together. Like I need it because we have no edge rush. There is no there there isn't a good pass rush right now. So now you have to come in and you have to be this good. You have to come in here and make a difference. Same way with Traquan. 
There's no flying under the radar when you have Michael Thomas. When excuse me, there's no flying under the radar when you don't have Michael Thomas to cover up for everything. There's no flying under the radar when Cam isn't producing. Peyton Turner's hurt and he isn't getting sacks. Passigno uh, isn't getting as many sacks. You have no opportunity to fly under the radar and to ease into things. So when he comes back, the expectations that will be set upon him are going to be extremely high. Both of those guys. And then these last two people, neither one was on uh, IR. Eric McCoy, shout out my boy Chris Rose Voglu, broke the story on a Wednesday, man. Come on. I hit him. I said, come on, man. It's Wednesday. It's supposed to be a slow day and you out here dropping heat. But he broke he broke the news that Eric McCoy feels like he's ready to return this week. Okay. Teron Armstead returned to practice. So maybe he'll be ready to go this week. You get Eric McCoy and Teron Armstead back in the game, your offense has transformed. Transformed. You have your best offensive lineman in Armstead, and you have your most, in my opinion, most ascending offensive lineman in Eric McCoy. A lot of people thought this was the year for him. Unfortunately, he got hurt. But you have those guys here. And this is going to be important because with Eric McCoy, with Jamal Adams being moving around, those calls are going to be really important this week. They're going to be really important this week because you got to make sure you have everybody in order. And that's the biggest thing we're seeing from the center position is making sure that your calls are right. Making sure that you still have everything in order and make sure everybody knows where everybody is. I think that's something that Ruiz might have struggled with early on is making sure not just understanding your responsibility, but making sure everybody understands their responsibilities and checking them. So that'd be huge. Armstead, Hurst has played good, but ain't nothing like an Armstead. There ain't nothing like a Teron Armstead out here. Not on this team. Ramchick's going to be your right tackle. Ain't nothing like an Armstead you got. Period. Point blank period to bring it back to my old days. There ain't nothing like a Teron Armstead. So having him back, though though Hurst has been really good, it's just a hit different. And then lastly, before we get out of here, one key for victory. Get the passing game going. And I don't even know if this is the key for victory this game. But I do think it's a key thing you need to do. Because you can you could probably win and not get your, your passing game going because, yeah, their run defense hasn't been that good either, if we're going to be frank about it. But the Seattle Seahawks are 28th in passing yards allowed. The Steelers were able to get yards on them last year. And as bad as the Seahawks passing defense is, the Saints passing offense hasn't been great either. Now, I think some of that has to do with the lack of actual attempts. But at the same time, you are you 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 are what your stats have, and that says the Saints aren't a great passing team. So we'll, we will see where things go with it. We will see if Seattle just clamps down. We'll see if the Saints even attempt more passes, which I hope they do. But you get it going, it's kind of like this gets the ball rolling. Now you can sit there and you can get momentum. Go go go, you know. So I think it's important. I think it will it will help you win for sure. This is the right secondary to help to have it, you know, start, and then you can roll over. Traquan Smith, Jameis, let's see if you still got that chemistry. And I'm not saying this is a warm-up game by far because I don't think the Saints have been good enough passing the ball to call anything a warm-up game. But I do think it's a get-right game and not to pat my own back, but 
Last time I said it was a get right game, it was New York. And in my opinion, they got right. And some would say, I am some, hello. <laughs> Them choosing to go away from passing the ball is the reason that they lost that game. That game rolled over into Washington. Let's let this roll over past the bye week into this game. I seen Jameis on, on the little whatever that is trying to do, you know, some 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 crazy version of a, of a dumbbell bench press. I see a Jameis. I love all them unorthodox uh, workouts you be doing. But overall, it has to transition into the game. It has to transition into Traquan Smith looking good. Marquez Callaway looking good. Hopefully, Taysom Hill and Deontay Harris can come back. I think. We didn't, we didn't see him at practice. This is Friday right now, so it's it's. I'm not going to say it's unlikely, but we will see what happens as the week continues. But I would love to see them. Let me see my full complement of weapons that I have right now. And hopefully it doesn't get to the point where the Saints have to like decide if they're going to go away from the, the pass or not. Hopefully they just put them down and finish it off. But if it does, hopefully Sean makes the right decision and goes with the flow of the game. And, and, and goes with what's been working, whether that's the pass or the run, to pull out the victory. Because I think this is a great opportunity to, to show your head coach and to show your team that we haven't done this much and this being passing. But don't get it twisted. We can do it. And it will help because now people won't sell out for AK and force you to pass if you can show that you can do it. You understand what I'm saying? I think you do. I, th I, think, I think you feel what I'm saying because – Y'all want to see the offense explode a little bit. Y'all want to see the passing game kind of be more prolific, be more consistent. I don't want to say prolific because we got the deep shots, but we want to see it be more consistent, carry on drives. You don't want to see it to be boom or bust. I know you guys, that's why I know you guys understand and feel where I'm, where I'm coming from, excuse me. But that, that's it, man. Those are my three matchups. Those are my two storylines, and that is my one key to victory and key for the rest of the season, really. Get the ball rolling on a passing offense because this right here is the defense to do it against. And y'all know the drill. To the next time y'all hear me, run it back. It's been Darian Gray, the mouth of the South. Beneath, blessed. <laughs>